Hey, hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Harmful Habits Podcast. My name is Amin, and this season, each episode will also be airing live on our TikTok at Three Trees Change every Friday at noon Eastern Time, so be sure to tune in and ask us questions or make comments as we record. This is episode three of season three, and today we will be discussing boundaries within our families. But first, before we get into all that fun stuff, the one and only Elevation Beats. So, any fun facts? I mean, no, you guys canceled what? me. I thought with the fun facts, you were canceled. Okay, so you have nothing. Rub- is this rubbing it in? Yes, mm. just like medical school. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I did not. It's okay. All right, welcome to those of you who are joining us live via TikTok. If you're listening on the podcast, shame on you. Uh, we record typically every Friday at noon today we're doing a bit differently well we had sick people person a person i don't think you can say sick people anymore because um the conservatives automatically think that you're trying to host drag queen parties at libraries if you say he's a sick person okay you were sick last friday i was not in good physical health Mm -mm. Mm. all right and today we are doing boundaries oh we got some people on the live too Welcome to those of you who joined us on the live. So, Jamisa, are you ready for a boundaries lesson? Oh, no, I think you. The question is, are you ready for a boundary lesson? So let's talk. We started this in season one. Mm-hmm. The alarm clock. That's a boundary setting? It's a boundary issue. Let's see. Two, uh, so season one started when? What month of last year? February or March. So we're almost at a year now. Mm-hmm. And you're still bringing up this alarm clock. So when I was not in good health Friday morning. The alarm clock did not go off. At 5 a.m. <laughs> it did not. And what time did you get up? 5 a.m. Not even close. 6.30. Uh, dude, you know that's not true. So Those he, are not facts, buddy, I mean, because he, our kids our, have I mean, to be here's up. Here's our morning routine, right? Oh, my God. And then you're cutting me off. Yeah, that's what white males do. So that cannot possibly, that's not true, because our kids have to be up by like 6, 10. So clearly, the latest that I got up was like 6 o'clock. Yeah, but who gets up with our kids? Me. Mm. Dude, don't do it. Don't I think this do is what it. they don't talk about the truth. We're going to set some boundaries here about like uh, exaggeration. So, I mean, let me, uh, in a non-polyamorous way, invite you into our bedroom in the morning. <laughs> and each morning, the alarm clock goes off at 5 o'clock. And typically, I, out of out of five days, I am up at 5 o'clock, four out of those five days. <laughs> <laughs> That's not even close. <laughs> so, Jamisa won't hear the alarm clock because she's such a sound sleeper. No, no. But, no, no. Let's, let's clarify. Remember you said you no. didn't like people cutting people off? So, initially, did you not say that? You told me did you, you did. not say that? You didn't want a ringtone on You're them. becoming like a Fox News like commentator. 
So you told me you did. You're like, don't cut me oh off, and God. then you just started cutting people off. <laughs> so you told me not to have a ringtone on it. Mm-hmm. And I comply. You put the vibration on it. And then I put a vibration it on, on it. Which is louder than the ringtone. I have it on my pillow. How can No, you don't. Loud? You put it anyway. So this goes off at five. Jamisa doesn't hear it. So I wake up and say, Jamisa, can you turn your alarm off? She says, what alarm? I say, the one that's going off right now. She's like, oh, okay. Turns it off and goes back to sleep and waits for, for me to wake her up at six. You wake me up. Mm-hmm. Dude, why are you telling these lies? So I'm gonna need some boundaries. We'll talk a little bit a bit today about how you set boundaries in relationships and families. Oh, why it's important to have boundaries. Why it's important, what you do when they're being broken. We'll go through the uh, green, yellow, red. Green being like when everything's going along healthily. Yellow being when there's some problems arising, such as the alarm clock. And red being when there's just a breakdown of boundaries and the steps that you need to take. I think we're even going to talk about estrangement, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, in our yellow and red, or maybe red. I think based on this alarm clock, there's about to be a little bit of estrangement. I thought this morning about how nice it would be to have my own bedroom. Yeah, so I was like, oh, this is nice. My alarm clock can go off. No one's complaining about my alarm clock. Though mm-hmm. I, I got up one time. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so about these boundaries. Um, you want to start by defining boundaries, what they are, what they look like? I know. So we have, um, I guess we have external and internal boundaries, which is what we often teach in the um, classes here at Three Trees. So external boundaries are boundaries that we can see, boundaries that other people can see and identify. Um, so my alarm clock, are you telling me to like turn the alarm clock off or stop putting my alarm clock on at 5 a.m. would be a boundary that we all can see, right? We can see me turning this alarm off. Plenty of hell you counselors make things complicated. So external boundaries would be a limit on behaviors. Yeah, I'm just explaining it a bit more. My goodness. And the internal boundaries are the boundaries that we have are to control our own thoughts and our feelings. Thoughts and feelings. I'm done with you. (laughs) So external boundaries are limits on our actions. Internal boundaries are limits on our thoughts and feelings. Would you like to provide a 500-word essay on that now? I would. Go ahead. <laughs> such an asshole. <laughs> All right. So give me some example of um, internal boundaries you set for yourself. And mm-hmm. that's the other thing we should probably talk about before we even get going, right? Boundaries are only ever set for, for yourself. You. Yeah. And people mean, oh, so what about if a guy's cheating on you? It's not about trying to control their behavior. It's then managing your response to it. Mm-hmm. So if I say there's no yelling in a marriage, that's trying to set a boundary for you. But if I say I will not yell in a marriage and I will not stick around to be the recipient of yelling in a marriage, that's focusing on my behaviors. Mm-hmm. And so in your alarm clock example... You're trying to put a boundary on whether or not she has an alarm clock at five o'clock? Yeah, this is what... Oh, exactly. Thank you. I mean... (laughs) I don't think it's a great point. I don't know if you want to thank him for it. So if you share spaces, you should only share spaces with people who are willing to respect your boundaries. Mm. So that is why I'm announcing my divorce on today's show. (laughs) (laughs) Your grounds for divorce is what now? The alarm clock. Mm. Exhibit A, Your Honor. Mm Mm-hmm. Sounds like a Curb Your Enthusiasm episode. It does. <laughs> well, I seem to be your favorite character from Curb Your Enthusiasm, <laughs> so I'm happy to comply. So we're going to talk about boundaries in regards to green, yellow, and red. 
So let's start with Green. What are some of the boundaries that you have for yourself as a parent and as a wife in within the family? That are green? Um, I'd probably say, like, not yelling um, at the kids, not yelling at you if we are having disagreements. Um, boundaries I have for myself is just getting the kids to school on time, getting myself to work on time as best I can, um, being respectful to you. There's someone from Sweden on the line, and they had a comment that I wanted to share. It says, I'm not very good at chimney sweeps, but my daughter sure does love her grandma's sweet shots. <laughs> does anyone know what that means? No. Not at all. Maybe it's a saying in Sweden. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it means something very different. Um, but anyway, yeah, thank you for sharing that, whoever's in Sweden. So not yelling, I think, is an internal boundary I would or an external boundary I, I would have for myself, mm-hmm. be it parenting or husbanding and um, partnering. Um, what else did you say? I got uh, caught up in the Sweden charts. Oh, just like being able to manage my own, um, like time management, getting to work on time, mm-hmm. um, getting the kids to school on time. Um, I think just emotional management in general, right, is yeah. really helpful. Yeah. Like monitoring, for me, monitoring my emotions, seeing when the emotions are starting to turn into behavior. Mm-hmm. And so let's talk about that a little bit, like the car of experience. Yeah. Um, Because I think that's an important reason. Like people might say, why do you have internal boundaries and external boundaries? Well, with internal boundaries, your thoughts and feelings, they drive the car. Mm -hmm. And so they tend to provide the power or the energy. Um, We often refer to them as like the back two wheels of the car. But the front two wheels, thoughts and actions control the direction. So you can use your external boundaries to manage your internal boundaries. So an example one might be, if I feel my emotions as a parent are getting to a point where I would feel the desire to yell or to raise my voice, I step away from that situation. Mm -hmm. So as I step away, my emotions immediately come back down, and then I can engage as a parent again. And so you and I do this a lot, like just kind of tag teaming. Right. And be like, hey, I need you to handle this for me. Um, We need like another person to tag team in our arguments, I've just realized that that would be awesome. To tag team? Yeah, like so we do with the kids. tap out? And they yeah. allow you to tap out? I'm like, I mean, I need to tap out. Can you argue my points with me, so please? <laughs> this is genius. Why have I not thought of this before? You know, like how I'm I, always I don't like... Even, I don't have any words for this. I'm always super reasonable, but sometimes you're not always that reasonable. <laughs> so you need someone to come in and like talk to me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know those times when you tell me you're about to go Florence on me? Mm-hmm. So um, you, you I saw need that then, look in your eye. You need someone to come in and like manage that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that explains the difference between internal boundaries and external boundaries is we often use our external boundaries to manage the internal boundaries from erupting, mm-hmm. from overflowing. And I think that's a helpful diagram for people to keep in their mind as we get into this conversation today, that if your emotions are getting out of control, then you manage those through changing your thoughts um, or changing your actions. And I think one of the things that um, we also want to point out is that we, the boundaries that we set for ourselves need to be flexible, that we should be able to shift them when need be, right? I don't, I kind of differ from that. You can't, why? Like, tell you me can't li- have rigid well, boundaries. Tell me a little bit more about that. Because so I, can... I think sometimes you have to change things based upon like what's happening, right? So if I say that I'm going to always like, the kids have to be at the house and no matter what at like 710. Well, you know, and I'm very rigid with that. 
But mm-hmm. then there are things that happen in the morning where that may not necessarily happen. Like you have to allow some flexibility. And I, I know that's a very I think like more boundaries like I am not gonna yell if my emotions get to this point. I don't think those are good boundaries to be flexible on. Oh, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so depending on the circumstance, you need to have some flexible boundaries. Yeah, I think there there shouldn't be a situation with you and I where I'm okay with but yelling and getting in your what face. What I hear you saying is my response needs to be flexible to a given situation. Like, that's a boundary you mm-hmm. have. Mm-hmm. It's not that your boundaries need to be flexible. Right, the response. That you as an individual need to be flexible and not get so hung up on expectations. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. You're welcome for the mansplaining. <laughs> Would you like to take another deep sigh? Continue. All right. So green boundaries um, in our marriage. Um, one of mine is to like have lots of check-ins with you mm-hmm. through the day. That's an action I try to engage in a lot with you, just see how your day's going. Um, your is that a boundary? For me. Keeps okay. me safe. Keeps you safe. Keeps you safe. And this is, I think this is important to talk about. Okay, so explain that about like, are you saying that jokingly or you do me, do you sincerely mean that? I mean, what was that sign for like, if you're under duress? Oh my goodness. Um, So what I mean by that is boundaries are for two things, right? One, to keep things in your life and two, to keep other things out of your life, right? So like think of the chicken coop when we do the foxes and chickens exercise. Keep the foxes out, keep the chickens in. Mm-hmm. So one of the reasons I check in with you isn't necessarily to keep anything in, but it's just to make sure there's no problems arising that I need to be aware of or that I can better plan for. Um, and because I'm concerned, how you're doing as a human. Okay. Um, so that would be a boundary for me, like in my head, mentally checking in with you. Mm-hmm. And because I'm probably more on the autism spectrum than you, like those lists are really helpful to me. You like, get to check off. Yeah, like social relationships require checking in. Like someone asked me how I was doing today and I was telling them, and then I remembered it's important to ask them how they're doing too. Mm-hmm. But if I don't remind myself that. You just uh, keep sharing, sharing <laughs> stories keep about my life. <laughs> um, which is the joy that is being a friend with me. But as I pointed out to them, reciprocity is important in friendship. But apparently if you mention... You're just engaging in reciprocity. Yeah, that, that's it takes not okay. Away from the, the sincerity magic. of it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take away from the sincerity at all. In my opinion, it means you're being more sincere because you're remembering it's important and you're doing it. Mm. Okay. I think other people are less sincere about it because they really don't want to do it, but they do it anyway. It's just automatic. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so going back to these boundaries, that's another one. Like we talked about the autism. Oh, I stopped my diagnosis this Wednesday, by the way. Um, you said live assessment. I know. I, I don't think they're up for it. <laughs> no, they are not up for it. They, I think they, well, that's a whole other conversation. That's another episode. I think they're episode. already done with me. Yeah. Continue but, with boundaries. <laughs> they're probably going to set a boundary with you. So knowing that my brain functions differently from neurotypicals, I have to create a lot of boundaries for myself that other people may not need. And so for my green boundaries, it may look very differently, like... You and ADHD, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've mentioned on the show before that you're diagnosed with ADHD, but, so we can cut that out <laughs> if we need to. <laughs> but I think it's good to talk about. I think it's, a, it's probably a boundary I overstepped there. But like, you have to then function differently to both make the most of the strengths of that All right. and manage the obstacles of that. Right. So for me, with um, on the autism spectrum, if 
I get diagnosed with that. I'm just self-diagnosed to begin with. Um, I have to do a lot of things like remembering not everyone has the same interests that I do and that my interests are going to come off super strong. Did you see that video I sent you today? No, I no. Are you about to go on a victim? I am about to go on. Like, dude, I have been working all day long. Mm -hmm. So I sent you this video (laughs) today, and in it was this lady talking about memes that remind her of her struggle with autism. And one of them was like, it looks like a regular label on a shirt, and to her it looks like a cactus on a shirt. And another one, it looks like she's whispering sweet nothings to someone, but what they see is her yelling and screaming. And it's just that dissonance between what we're engaging in. And so I experienced that a lot in life. Like, I think I'm being super caring, and the person's acting offended. Um, and just that, that space. And so I have to really, when I'm around neurotypicals, make sure my boundaries are done in such a way that is acceptable to neurotypicals, which mm-hmm. is exhausting, right? It's what we call masking. Mm-hmm. And so that's why when you get home at the end of the day, I don't really want to see anyone. But that's, that, that's one of those boundaries. Like, when I engage with neurotypicals, I know that they're only comfortable if you behave a certain way. And so a boundary I have is limiting my time with neurotypicals so I don't get too burnt out. Or setting boundaries where you just spend time with people that are comfortable with you as mm-hmm. you are, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't found those people yet. <laughs> well, I mean. <laughs> I'm still looking. But if you look around, right, like at my friend group, it's all people who are super accepting like of me mm-hmm. as I am. And they put up with like a lot. That is, we put up with a whole lot. Mm. We need to, to have us. a support. We need to have a support group. It's not just the two of you. I have at least one other friend. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, so what do you find in your life for some helpful boundaries to help you just staying in this green period for now for just keeping life going smoothly to keep the things in life that you want and the things out of life that you don't want. And so you're right in that there. Again, for me. Because my, like, I'll, you know this, I go in 10 different directions all at one time. Like, I have to really be structured in, like, how my day-to-day living is. Not even at work, but even at home. Like, what tasks am I going to do on a certain day? Um, what are things going to be done? How those things get done? And having to, like, really plan out, like, a lot of aspects of my life um, and having those boundaries around that. Otherwise, as you know... Like, when I don't have that, I'm kind of just all over the place. I'm like, oh, let's Mm -hmm. go plant some flowers. And like, oh, I need to test. One of the things I've noticed you do more these days is when you get home, I see you like almost forcing yourself to stay quiet. Remember, you you used to come into the house and be like, this needs to be done and this needs to be done and this needs to be done. We'd all be sitting down, chilling. Mm -hmm. And then it would automatically, people would feel tension. Mm -hmm. And so I see you now coming home and being like, let me just breathe. Yes, and it is setting that boundary to not, again, we talked about like that overstimulation from like too mm-hmm. many things happening at one time for me. And so it is setting that boundary of like maybe I just need to go into a different room for a few minutes to decompress and then come back out and, and casually ask mm-hmm. people to do things for me. I think another green boundary that you're mentioning is noise. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that in our house we are intentionally regulating how much noise that we're exposed to, how much noise the kids are exposed to. Right. Because there'll be times where, like, everyone's on a different screen and there's music playing. And, and there's you a don't dog realize, running, yeah. Mm-hmm, you don't realize Galloping that you're starting to get really annoyed mm-hmm. until those emotions start coming to the surface. And especially because there's a couple of us in the house on the autism spectrum um, and then other people that are neurotypicalities, that it's really helpful just to cut off all the noise 
and then see which of these noises are really intentional mm-hmm. and necessary. Yeah. And I don't think we think about boundaries in that way, right? Where we, I think a lot of people just naturally, or hopefully naturally begin to do these things, but not think about them in the terms of boundaries. Why do you say hopefully naturally? Because I think sometimes we don't always know. So for an example, I think the noise is a great example and that there's a lot of like stimuli happening, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes people find themselves frustrated, but not necessarily understanding why. So they may think it's a very internal thing when it is an external thing that needs to mm-hmm. stop for that moment and just be addressed. I think a lot of people see this with food and um, the boundary around being hungry and not letting themselves get too hungry or they get angry and mm-hmm. irritable. It's another kind of one of those boundaries, like, I think that's a good tie into emotions. I should only let myself get to this point. Of hunger. And then I shouldn't try to engage in difficult conversations <laughs> with people. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the boundaries I set at the end of November last year was just zero alcohol. And because the next day I would feel anxious. And so that's been an incredibly helpful boundary of just saying, if I don't drink, I don't feel any anxiety. So let me just never use alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um And I think it's all these types of things where you can take a look at your life. I think the problem with the word boundary is like it doesn't feel like the gift that it is. It almost feels limiting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And to me, like when you set these things, um, I remember talking to a Buddhist monk in Thailand and we were talking about the precepts and he had like hundreds of them. And I said, man, that must feel kind of like limiting. He's like, no, man, each one feels like a gift. Each one of these frees me from something. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, I don't think we think about boundaries much in this way. Remember, Amin, I did the um, TikTok a couple of days ago where I talked about, hey, um, when you go back to work on Monday, um, our our black friends are going through a bunch right now. Mm -hmm. Let's not give them our hot takes on your opinion on what happened on Friday Mm -hmm. um, and the videos that were released. And how many European Americans fired back with, no one tells me what to do. Because as soon as they sense that limit, we're such an individualistic society that we really struggle to hold back for the good of others. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where boundaries come in. Um, Thank you for all the um, love coming through on uh, TikTok. Don't be afraid to tap the screen and send those likes. And thanks of you two who are already doing that. If you don't commonly follow us, please do. Thank you for the waves. So what, um, I mean, are some green boundaries that you have? I don't have any boundaries. My <laughs> life is a mess. Wow. <laughs> but no, I think it's... Uh, Do we have time for counseling I today? <laughs> I think it's just really uh, not responding from the emotions that I'm dealing with and giving myself some time to kind of like what you said, decompress before I deal with any situations. Are we ready to start moving to yellow or should we investigate green a bit more? What are some green boundaries that you shape for our kids, right? Because kids, when they're zero years old, can't set their own boundaries. Right. Mm. By the time they're 18, they're setting all of their own. Mm-hmm. How do you manage that with our kids? Like at what age do you start pulling back on boundaries and how do you help find that spectrum so by the time they get to 18, they are doing a good job of setting their own boundaries? I think one of the things that I feel like we are doing a good job is, <clears throat> excuse me, is individually, like, just be an observer of our kids and then recognizing, like, where we need to set boundaries um, versus, like, these are children and we're, we're going to set boundaries for all of them equally, for our two mm-hmm. kids equally. Um, we've talked so much about our oldest and um, she is, it's really difficult to set strong boundaries with her. Remember, she started trying to listen to the show now, so keep that oh, in yeah. mind. 
So it's and not difficult in that in her being oppositional, but in difficult. Oh, suddenly the compliments start. <laughs> no, she's, <laughs> she's not oppositional, but she is just it's just hard. Like she is very insightful. So we have to set boundaries and parameters around her very differently than we do with our youngest child. Um, but I think it's just showing them like, hey, if you're upset and, you know, you your room is, you know, I'll talk about. Um, to the both of them, their room is their safe space. So, like, if you need to go take a break, go take a break in your room. So they kind of understand, like, these are the boundaries that they can have. But even with that, right, don't you think it's how we model? And so us mm-hmm. saying, hey, I'm feeling frustrated right now, so I'm going to go take a break in my room, and just getting them used to that pattern. Right. Like, this isn't a punishment. This is a gift we give ourselves so that mm-hmm. we can calm down. It's a gift we give people we love. Um, so that they don't have to deal with these parts of us that are difficult. And what's interesting is that, so I don't know if our, our youngest does it with you, but if he gets upset with me, he will, like, even if we're eating. Yeah, um, he doesn't get upset with me. Uh, well, anyways, he will get up and he will go upstairs to his room and close the door. And I'll go back and talk to him later. But he has, he's starting to use those boundaries. Is that when he starts making those daddy's my favorite posters? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> the pictures of you, of him and daddy holding hands <laughs> over in the corner. My favorite parent. <laughs> Yeah. But it is interesting. I think so many of these boundaries, right, it, we tend to as parents say, I'm going to teach my child this. And I want to be like, just do that. Like, well, I was going yeah, to say the behavior. But however, the parents' behavior didn't always mm-hmm. um, exhibit that. Like it's very much sometimes it's the opposite. I think the, one of the best examples of this is meditation, like laying with them in bed as they fall asleep and playing meditation tracks. Mm-hmm. And so they just get naturally used to the calming effects of meditation mm-hmm. rather than being like, you're going to meditate. Sit down. Here's 15 minutes of meditation. It's just bringing it into their lives in a way that's welcoming for them. And if they have resistance to it, drop it. Mm -hmm. And then when they say, hey, Dad, how come you don't yell like Mom does all the time? I can say, oh, it's because my meditation practice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I just think anything, like if it's getting on, you know, getting somewhere on time, like we often talk about like, hey, it is this time in the morning, like you should be downstairs by now or by this time, all of the, you know, whatever you had to do in the morning to prep for school, like those things should be done. Um, So it's just, it's constantly modeling, um, like you said, through our own behaviors, but then showing them these are the things that, like, these are the boundaries you need to have for yourself. And you start to see with our kids, like, if we're somewhere and they think we're going to be late, they're like, oh my gosh, we're going to be late. And you're like, Mm -hmm. no, we're on time. But, you know, they start to, um, I want to say worry, but like, they become more conscious about time because we help set those boundaries. Well, we, we get everything from our genetics and our environment, right? I mean... Yeah. Did so. they cover that in med school before you dropped out? Yeah, a little bit. Right. Uh, my memory is very bad from that time <laughs> period. <laughs> the trauma. <laughs> so, and you and I share their genetics and share their environment. And so they're going to have just little bits and pieces of us mm-hmm. from our genetics and from our environment. The only part of that we can really manage is the environment. Right. And showing them how to navigate different genetic traits we've passed on to them skillfully. Um, but to do that, you must have done it with yourself first. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, w- you and I talk about this all the time. Like, teachers will come to our mindfulness trainings and be like, I need to teach this to my kids. No, you just you need teacher. to become a mindful mm-hmm. teacher. You need to be a teacher who embodies mindfulness so that you can replicate this in your classroom so kids naturally benefit from that practice. But I think we're so quick in our country to, like, have a skill, have a certification past the skill or certification without practicing it yeah but i think i mean 
you talk about with teachers, therapists is probably a prime example of that. Like people not practicing what it is they're in fact like you know counseling people on. Mm-hmm. But we can. That's a whole conversation. That's a whole a podcast episode. Mm-hmm. So let's get into yellow boundaries. Um, think of sometimes when you start slipping into this area where people, even though you've kind of presented your boundary, people are not responding to it. Um, I think the term's often used, respect. People are not respecting my boundaries. Mm-hmm. And remember we said the boundaries are just set for you. And so when people are testing your boundaries or when people are not respecting your boundaries, this is the opportunity for you to share your boundary with them and to really learn if they're in line with it. Mm-hmm. Like I was talking to um, a coworker today and they were talking about they feel like as they date and go through dating stuff, they have to change who they are. And we were talking about the danger in that because then you end up with someone who doesn't really know who you are because they thought you were this and they were attracted to that, but that was just you pretending to be someone. And so I think in yellow, you had this opportunity to really be who you are and then navigate how people respond to that. So going back to the alarm clock, right, like a humorous version of this is I'm saying, Jamisa, this is difficult, and you're saying... I don't care. (laughs) 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 I'm saying this is causing me problems because I don't sleep as well as you. And so then I get to receive your response, right? Mm -hmm. The lack of empathy, the antisocial thinking, all that kind of stuff. Wow. Goodness. And at that point, I can then make a decision about what I do next. Mm -hmm. And you're like, man, why are you sleeping on the couch? Well, because I cannot take the alarm going off so early. And so that's how you have to start navigating boundaries in the yellow. So you not yelling at me or like throwing my phone. But I think tradition, right, for everyone is this person's not respecting my boundaries. They need to change their mm -hmm. behavior. So trying to force me to do something, Mm -hmm. which oftentimes results in Mm -hmm. that behavior not changing. Because people are oppositional Mm -hmm. and have childhood trauma and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I think... In the yellow phrase, it's this kind of testing ground of how much can I expect them to shift to help me by boundaries Mm -hmm. and what are they not going to shift Mm -hmm. and then coming to acceptance. So let's say Amin was like, Amin's never had a drop of alcohol in his life, but let's say Amin's like, hey, I'm going to drink at the office. And we're like, hey, Amin, because of the work we do, there can be no alcohol on the office grounds. And he's like, okay, that sounds great. And he continues to drink. Like at that point, we have to then reassert that boundary, go back Mm -hmm. to the work policy and all that kind of stuff. But you cannot get caught up in trying to pressure the other person to change. Right. And if you get caught up in that hero victim offender stuff, you're going to, because I'm going to be like, I'm the guy who's going to help Amin um, realize how problematic alcohol is. Mm -hmm. And Amin, here's this research and that research. And then when I come in and he's still drinking, I'm going to stop. You're going to feel like you're the victim. Mm -hmm. After After everything I've done for you. And parents... Parents do that, that all, all the, the time. time, all the time, especially with teenagers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember the other day how you were like, "We gave her a TV." I did not. T- I did not and say that. And I was that. like, "Jamisa, parents are meant to like provide these things <laughs> to their kids." And you're like, "That's yeah, a whole story." I we didn't don't have, have to, a TV like, when I was younger. Yeah, <laughs> we did not have to go down that road because, yeah, because that's a whole story that we'd have to provide some context but to. I think it's good to really help illustrate parents fall into this very quickly. Mm -hmm. 
after everything I've done for my kid, or like they see their kids have opportunities they never had, mm-hmm. and they get caught up in that hero victim offender. And thing. we see so many parents do this um, of teenagers, like, oh, this teenager's being disrespectful of all the things, and it's like, yeah, because they're teenagers, and that's just how, like, not that you have to be okay with them being disrespectful, but like, it shouldn't also it shouldn't be this thing where you though become a victim of mm-hmm. their behaviors either. So that yellow is trying to find this balance between asserting your boundaries, communicating your boundaries, and recognizing when the other person is not going to meet them and then what your boundary is then. Mm-hmm. So let's use an extreme example. You decide you want to date other people. That would be so far outside my comfort zone that I would not be able to maintain a relationship with you in a way that I could still be kind, thoughtful, everything else. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I then have to de- change my proximity to you. Is this where you have an announcement? <laughs> no. And so this is, I think, if you use an extreme example, you can then bring it back to more tedious ones. Mm-hmm. So, like, name your biggest pet peeve with me. Uh, probably leaving, I don't know, um, oh, walking away from the kitchen and their theme items still out. Okay. So how long have we been together now? Uh, Ten years. Right. What are the chances of this changing? Uh, slim to none. Right. And so then we can play tit for tat, right? We could start talking about areas that you probably are not going to change and mm-hmm. that I have to accept. Mm-hmm. And we can get into this, well, I shouldn't have to accept it. All right. So then for the next 40 years, you could get really upset about me leaving stuff in the kitchen. Or I could get really upset about how you're probably not going to be on time for an event. And we could just keep going back and forth. Mm-hmm. Or we just recognize part of being married to the beautiful enigma that is Jamisa means accepting these things about her. And you're right. And it goes back to that boundary of like, then we need that person, myself or either you, have to make a decision. Is this going to be, is this something I can can manage, I can do long term with you? And I think what's really interesting and um, confusing about humans is the minute you take the pressure off the person to do that thing, they often then start doing mm-hmm. it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not saying to rely on this, like, because if you go into the mindset of like, I'm not going to mention the dishes to Ben, and then I don't pick them up, even though you removed the pressure, then you'd be like, man, I thought you said it. Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And when you go straight back in that hero victim offender stuff. But at some point you have to accept the choice that you've made. Yeah. Or well, you start don't. making a different choice. Right. And we talk about well, this with people back. going to work too, right? Yeah, but that goes back to that freedom, right? I think, I mean, we can go into this whole CBT thing with choice theory, but it's the freedom. Like, you have a freedom to, like, decide if this is what you want, if you want to continue to engage in a marriage with me where I want to get up and set the alarm clock at 5 a.m. or you choose not to. Hmm. Are you pondering it? I am. Mm. What are my options again? You stay with me, Aaron. And there's no change in the alarm clock? I don't know. Can I bargain? Maybe. But then if I bargain, we're going to get caught up in hero victim offender stuff, right. aren't we? Because mm-hmm. maybe I don't follow through with that. Yeah, this is tricky. And then if I'm like cleaning up the kitchen and then you don't change the alarm, I'm going to feel like I was somehow victimized. Mm-hmm. This is tricky. It is. So that's where yellow Are you willing comes to risk in. like not being in the same room with me? Like you, those, all those things you have to consider, right? I am definitely willing to risk that. (laughs) (laughs) So I think this is where you have to start negotiating things. And there's no one-size-fits-all answer to this. But you have to do a bit of a dance. 
and you have to see what areas you're willing to give. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot too, like you could look back at previous relationships, perhaps, and maybe the same isn't true for you, but I'm willing to put up with a lot more crap or challenges <laughs> in this relationship, I think, than I would in any other. Mm-hmm. Um, just because of how, how close I feel to you. Well, I think we've also done a really good job with setting up so many different, just varying boundaries, right, in our lives that I feel like we have been able to do that. For my, We've been able to do that in our marriage that it's like, okay, we can do this bargaining or this compromise. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if you're in a situation, and honestly, not even just in um, intimate partner relationships, even relationship with your children, as they get older, like it becomes easier to set those boundaries and kind of negotiate things when there have been a back and forth. It's like our oldest child. It's easy to say to her, hey, if you help me with this, mm-hmm. then we can get going and go do, you know, go to the mall or do whatever you'd exactly. like to do. Yeah. And um, really use um, those real life consequences of if I have to spend my time doing this, I won't be able to do that with you because we're not going to have enough time in the day. Mm-hmm. But people are quick to do that stuff with a lot of emotional guilt and shame. Mm-hmm. And you got to remove all those emotions too. It can't be like, well, if you were just to help me with this. Isn't it interesting we talk about guilt and shame? So we had a situation this past summer where our daughter set a boundary for us and that um, I wanted to... Which one? She sets them every day. No, so we we were trying to use guilt and shame. I think we unknowingly were using shame to like illustrate a point to her. Oh, when she couldn't go on the rides? Yes. And she was like, I don't like when you tell me about how things were when you were growing up because I feel like you are then trying to like make me feel bad or feel worse about a decision that you've made. And so I thought that was great. And I think it's a good example about like this person is showing us like these are the boundaries that they would Mm -hmm. like to have. And so in doing that, we respected that. We haven't done it since Mm -hmm. then. And she was feeling stressed about going to school today, do some some changes in her class. And so we were talking about that on the way to school. And I was like, would you like a hug? And she's like, no, I need my own space right now. Mm -hmm. And so just, I think, advocating for kids to develop those boundaries Mm -hmm. And not get it caught up into this hero victim offender like, you are my child. You'll hug me. Right. Or how dare you mm-hmm. tell me how I should or shouldn't talk to you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, this person is telling you this makes them feel bad. So then let's respect their boundary. So yellow boundaries, when it's getting to that yellow light and where these things are kind of getting difficult and challenging, it requires a lot of introspection mm-hmm. on your part to see what you're willing to shift, what you're not willing to mm-hmm. shift. And then you may end up at a red boundary. Right. And red boundary is often sometimes called estrangement, but it's where you set up, where you recognize this person is incapable of observing boundaries that you have. Mm -hmm. And so therefore you're unable to spend time around them. Right. And this is incredibly painful. Yes, it is. Because that means across the spectrum, right? So it can be work relationships. It can be... Um, marriages, it can be relationships with people, friendships, intimate partner relationships. Um, it could be with your kids. So yes, you're right. And it's very difficult because you are now like, it's like the line in the sand, right? It's like, you know, we're not going to interact with each other. Um, or if it is, it is very limited. So I've been doing some reading on estrangement and it's fascinating that rates of estrangement are just kind of going yeah, they through are. the roof. Mm-hmm. And that it's typically um, older children of even older parents, mm-hmm. obviously. But uh, children who are in their 20s or 30s or 40s who've decided that in order to interact 
with their parents, they would have to cross boundaries they're no longer willing to cross mm -hmm. and play roles they're no longer willing to play. And so they draw that line in the sand and they say, I cannot engage with you. All right. And the pain that's present um, on both sides, I think of this estrangement issue mm -hmm. is incredibly challenging. What's your take on estrangement? Do you feel like it's healthy? Do you feel like it's unhealthy? I think it is healthy. Um, interesting that we talk about this because, um, and, and even in my counseling session that I have clients that have talked about, and I'll, and, um, and these would be clients that are maybe in their 40s plus, and they talk about like there have been these expectations by their parent that they can behave however they want, and that child is, is there is this expectation that a child is still, the adult child is still going to be around. Um, and that adult child is just going to take what they dish out without setting any boundaries or that that parent is just constantly crossing boundaries. And I have a lot of clients talk about that guilt because they know they have to set this boundary. They know they have to be estranged mm -hmm. um, because that is the only way that they can manage their own mental and emotional health. Um, and so I think if it is if whatever is happening, parent, whomever, spouse, if it is impacting you being around that person is impacting your mental and emotional health, you have to set that parameter. And it doesn't have to be permanent. It doesn't have to be permanent. I mean, but I think it's permanent. Right. But I think you have to do that in order, you know, for some people, like they're just not in a good place to be around that person in the moment. So then don't, you know, and why where, force yourself to do it? This is where I think those internal boundaries are so helpful because if you spend enough if you spend as much time with someone as you can do so kindly, mm -hmm. that will naturally set your external boundaries. Exactly. So let's say I can hang out with a mean five minutes a day and be kind and thoughtful with him. That naturally dictates how, how much long time you're going to spend, spend with him. With exactly. Yeah. But if I start finding that by that fifth minute I'm being mean, let me mm -hmm. cut it down to four minutes. Right. And right. people are going to laugh, but like maybe it's the neurotypical stuff. But, like, I kind of have a time in my head for each of the people I know. <laughs> like, this oh is how much time I can, I can be with those people. No, but I get it. I respect that because there may be some people. I mean, there are people, like you said, like if it's anything, like it's a family gathering and it's a lot of people, like I yeah, can only limit. let's family gatherings because yeah. I think that's where we have some red boundaries, right? Mm -hmm. But it's not that we don't go. It's that we only go during certain hours. Mm -hmm. And as the sun starts setting, we bounce <laughs> because that's when things change. Well, and I think, I think the other thing is like where it's, you know, I've talked about like with our son, um, like how long is he? And I haven't had to explain this to even my mother. Like, you know, if we're not there for five hours, it's a reason. It's not that we're being like, but like there is a reason for that because all of these things dictate why we may not be there for a long time. People are getting overstimulated, like all these different things. And I think it's a matter of being able to say, even with her, like I'm setting this boundary up. This is how long we're going to be wherever. And I'm going to need you to respect that. And so she can respect that or not. She has chosen to respect it. Um, but like, this is what I know needs to happen. But that's that yellow stuff. But then if she then came back and was like, I don't understand this. And then she's giving me a hard time. Then it's like, okay, then like, then we have to go to red. You, you know? know, who's one of my heroes when it comes to family boundaries is hmm. mean. Like if you hear Amin talk about when he's going to spend time with his family or his fiance's family, he's so thoughtful about I'm talking about Amina, so he's not here. Ah, he's he's so thoughtful about 
how he's going to go about that. Like, you know, I'm quick to just be like, let's not go. Mm -hmm. But Amin will do it because he feels it's valuable and deal with all those challenges and work his way through them. Whereas I'm just quick to be like, there's too many challenges there. Yeah, and I think it is a matter of like... You don't want Amin to Oh, sorry, Amin, go ahead. No, thanks. I'm pretty awesome sometimes. But no, uh, I think, I don't know. I think I do struggle, though, in that yellow stage going into red where, yeah, I might not put it into red because I see the value in it for for somebody else uh, that I do care about. So I'll maintain a relationship for their sake out of caring for them rather than... I, I could learn a lot from Amin. You could learn a whole lot from Amin, yeah. Mm, maybe not about dress. Yeah, definitely not about dress. Either one of you need to, you know, y'all don't need to learn from each other. Should we hire a stylist? You should. I think we're at that level. Yeah. Oh, really? You're at that status? I can't. So, Jamisa, you you said with your clients that you think red boundaries are helpful. Um, The estrangement can be helpful. Obviously, and again, uh, go ahead. Obviously, when there's like sexual trauma involved, things like that, the red boundary makes total sense. Yes. When. The abuse hasn't been to that extent. Do you do any coaching on how to then move back down from red to yellow to green? Yes. So um, with a few of my clients that are at that point of and and so when and when I'm referencing them, I'm not talking about sexual abuse. This is like just emotional. They just the 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 adult parent the parent is not just accepting just basic kind of like please don't say this, please don't do this, you know, whatever the case may be, engage in confrontation. And so they're, you know, once they get to red, it is, it's like, you know, that, because there's a lot of guilt associated with it. And um, what I hear is like, well, I need to know if this parent's okay, and I'll feel bad if I don't, you know, if this parent is sick. And so we talk about like, how then you learn about that information, you know, through, is it through other siblings? Is it occasionally, you know, occasionally checking in with that parent through text, via email, to see how they're doing, and that is the extent of your communication with that parent. Um, because what I, and for a lot of my um, a lot of the clients, that tends to work because the moment they have an actual phone conversation or face to face, the boundaries are immediately crossed, and so they get to manage that a bit better. And so once there's a le- certain level of like of them feeling as though they have managed, they're working on their mental and emotional health to the point that they think that they can have those engagements with those parents. Um, via, you know, if this face-to-face or by phone, then they slowly start to do that. But very surface level, how are you doing? Just want to check, want to hang up the phone now. And it almost has to be performative. Yes, yeah. We talk about performative versus transformative change, and here's an area where I definitely recommend performative behavior. But I think it goes back to also um, acceptance and trusting that that parent is not going to change. And, like, recognizing... If I spend time with them, this is how they're going to be. Yeah. Have I developed the emotional tolerance? Exactly. To yeah. So this is based upon years of pattern of behavior. This is how this person is. And I have to accept this is who they are. It is not going to change so that there are no expectations. And if you know that you're going to struggle with that, just holding off until you're ready. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we could do a whole nother episode on as marriages start getting into yellow areas and then get into red areas. Um, you and I have both been in long-term relationships that didn't work out and how we knew it was like a red area mm-hmm. and what to do in the yellow area. I think we'll save that for another day. But with um, kids, but- as you're raising kids and kids get into like issues around drugs and things like that in their teen years and become very difficult, or let's say gang involvement, 
How do you then coach? Well, I was going to I was also going to mention that I think any relationships like so marriages, relationships with teenagers, they, they're going to move up to yellow at times and go back down to green. Um, hopefully don't, they don't get to the point that they are at red, but they will definitely go up to yellow. And I think you have as a parent, you have to go they in, in parenting in general you, you have, have to, to un, yeah you have to bend and you have to know that's going to happen mm-hmm. so that when it does happen you're not playing as victim role like all these things i did for you like yeah you're dealing with a teenager so like <laughs> why are we shocked right now and back when i used to do a lot more gang work i remember listening to this guy talking about his experiences with his son getting caught up in a gang and uh, this was in la and he said the thing he had to remember is he wanted one ear He's like, he knew the gang had the other ear, mm-hmm. but he didn't want to lose one ear. Mm-hmm. And so at times he would be real permissive of certain behavior because he couldn't lose that one ear because right. then the gang had both ears. Right. And I think if you're parenting children, it's a very different set of boundaries where you have to open that fence kind of wide open mm-hmm. to make sure that you maintain um, that connection. Right. And and I think it is... Um, oh, sorry. What was your initial question? Because I was going to go on to something else and I didn't want to dismiss your no, question. No, go ahead. So I think it is a matter of like when we talked about um, with our oldest about not setting boundaries of her, it is like for that, for that, for our child, the oldest, we have to open that gate up wide and mm-hmm. just allow, you know, and we kind of guide gently where we need to, but just allowing her to kind of uh, like show us what she needs. And I think with teenagers um, and then with parents, and I had a teenager um, that I see that said that, like, I need to show my parents how to parent me. And I think if that, uh, a lot of parents hear that and they're just like, oh, absolutely not. This kid's not going to tell me what to do. But like, that is exactly what we have to do with teenagers. Allow them to like, hey, this is what I need from you. And then accepting of that. Now, of course, when we get into drugs and alcohol, I mean, I think, that gets tricky, right? Because we're now at yellow, possibly moving up to red. And like, you know, how much of this are we going to like help manage this child? How are we going to help navigate this? But I think the other difference too, when you're raising kids is at zero, you're setting 100% of the boundaries. Mm-hmm. By 18, you're setting 0%. And the thing that fills that gap is relationship. Mm-hmm. And so as you're cutting down on the 100%, and then it's 90%, 80%, the other part is really building this bond with them mm-hmm. so that you can start engaging with them as an adult and you can start reasoning with them as an adult. Right. And you really build that um, that attachment to each other um, so that they are interested in your opinion. Mm-hmm. But I think in, in the West, we're so focused on knowledge and giving the kid knowledge and, and teaching the kid what they need to do, we often forget about that bond. Right. And I, and I I keep saying this, I keep going back to this, um, and the various programs that we teach that involves parents and teenagers, um, and just with the clients that I work with individually, is like, you have to be curious. Be an observer of your kids. Like, like sit back and watch them. Watch them, how they interact and move about the house, how they talk on the phone with their friends. I have teenagers that come in and they say some, they talk about shows or whatever. And I'm just like, all right. I'm like, what did you just say? Like, let me, you know, let me look this up. And it's just out of absolute curiosity. And I think that's how you build the bond and that's how you learn from them. And then that helps you to help them set those boundaries up. And thank you for the roses on TikTok. Those of you who are unaware of TikTok Live and Roses, you can ask us that in the comments or something. <laughs> and just once again, every um, weekday at noon, we have our um, TikTok Live debate. And uh, so you can join us on live to debate an issue. 
And then at 9 p.m. every night, we do weekdays, we do the TikTok slowdown. And so on that live, we just do some meditation and discuss just things that will come up through the day that we want to let go of in order to get a good night's sleep. Um, and then on Fridays, 12 o'clock, we typically, that's when we do our podcast recording, but due to illness this week, we changed it around, and we do that live too, so you can join us for that. So, Jamisa, where are your boundaries at with me right now? What uh, color? I think we're still, we're at a green. We at a green or your boundaries are at a oh, green? I'm sorry, my boundaries are at a green. There's just things I'm just going to accept that's just not going to happen at my house, and I just have to be okay with that. Like me being Caucasian? That too. But you and I understand that the moment just your personality, probably both of our personalities, honestly, the moment we start pushing each other to like change a behavior, we both go opposite. We go to the opposite direction. It's like, well, it's not going to happen. I mean, your fiance isn't here today. What would you like her to work on to make your life better? I can only set boundaries for myself. Oh, look at Amin. <laughs> He's really learning. Yeah. Um, so what are, what are some things you're learning to accept in a relationship that perhaps you previously would not have at a younger age? So I, I've mentioned this before in, in one of our previous seasons, you know, since we're on season three. But uh, <laughs> but she would always be like, don't talk to me about important things when I'm hungry. I'm not going to be able to give you the answers that Oh, we you talked want. about that today, didn't we? Mm-hmm. And so that one really hit home because I used to be like, no, 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 I need to know now. And she's like, I can't have this conversation now. And I'd keep pushing and pushing. Mm-hmm. And there was no benefit if anything i was probably building resentment mm-hmm. uh for myself uh through that and so it's something that i've been i think more actively trying to respect mm-hmm. going back to your red boundaries before we finish up today too i think some of the children adult children of parents where they've set red boundaries they often rebuild them hoping the parent has become the person they want them to be all right mm-hmm. and that, that is the misconception and, and that is something that I've I've talked about so much um, in my practice is that you have there are no expect there should be no expectation if that parent has changed awesome if they are still the same person that you've known for the last forty eight years of your life then you like you should that should be okay because you are going in knowing with the expectation that they're still going to continue to be the same person. All right. Any final thoughts today? What are three things, Jamisa, you would recommend to people? to keep healthy boundaries in their life. Wait, um, wait, one, you can only set them for yourself. You can only set them for yourself. Make certain that when you set your boundaries that people are aware of them. You can't have them in your head and no one knows what your boundaries are. So be very but clear I don't communicate about my boundaries to everyone but people I trust. Yeah, that I, exactly. Okay, so if you're in like a more intimate relationship. Yeah, intimate relationship. You don't have to walk around and like tell somebody you just walk, you know, walked up to them and be like, let me tell you what my I, boundaries are. But I do that with hugging those so people know like, exactly. hey, I prefer yeah. to shake hands and hug. Right. So I think you want to be very clear what your boundaries are. And they don't need to be complicated. Like they don't have to be complex. They can be very simple. Um, but just always certain you make, make certain that people are aware of them. What I've learned, too, is if you wear a hula hoop at work to establish personal space, people (laughs) struggle with it. And I think with kids, it is making certain that you teach them um, and you show them about boundaries. They have to learn about boundaries very early on, about literally everything, because they are just coming in with a clean slate, and we have to help them. Teach them bodily autonomy and everything. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Wonderful. I mean, anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up today? Being very consistent in responding to our boundaries. 
Yeah, the minute you create any inconsistency, mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. a jackpot got paid off. For Absolutely. People. Yeah, and it was something that you told me when I first started here. You were like, uh, one of the kindest things you could do for somebody would be to uh, communicate what your boundaries are to them so you're giving them that fair chance to not build resentment with you. I think a final note, too, is men really struggle to hear boundaries from other people. Oh, mm-hmm. fact, yeah. And I'm just talking for men because I am one, but mm-hmm. like it's like that stuff like the cat calling on the street and the female says, stop, and he's like, what kind of blah, 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 blah are you? Like, men really struggle with people setting them boundaries. And so mm-hmm. I think that's something as a society that we can work on a bit, too. And I'm going to go back to parenting just in, uh, one more time. And I think that's probably the biggest thing with parents is that staying consistent. Just staying consistent. If you set a boundary. Um, even if it's a terrible one, you've even, already done it. Exactly. Just, just <laughs> stick <laughs> just to that boundary. That I'm just joking. <laughs> but, yeah, like, if we tell our kid, like, you are going for the entire, like, the next two days, no Nintendo switch and no oh, matter how like much that. that child is like looking at you with the puppy eyes and like i don't have anything to do and the, you know please 50 million times it is you set the boundary stick with the boundary be consistent with that boundary night everyone so follow us on old tickety talk <laughs> at three trees change we're on instagram with a much smaller following aren't we at three trees change yeah. um website three trees center for change.com and uh i think that's it right I think that's it. I think Thank so. you all for tuning in. I hope everyone has a wonderful week. Bye.